0: Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS from some of my Laker teammates, Laker and NBA legends around the league, and my boy A.T. is up in the house today.
1: And, and this clown. And this clown, who doesn't fit any of those categories.
0: <laughs> I don't consider him a clown, but and this clown. Anyway, A.T. is good. Uh, our topic today is what makes... Organizations win. What makes great organizations for the players to flourish and hopefully become and win championships for their organization?
1: Let's Uh, start with, let's start with the elephant in the room here. Lakers are on the precipice of getting back to the NBA finals after another win. They have a commanding 3-1 series lead against the Nuggets. Um, your thoughts on this series and, and how Lakers have been playing?
0: Well, alright, this series is going exactly like I thought it would go. Uh, a lot of people were scared of Denver starting this, and I wasn't scared because, again, the Denver's beat the almighty uh, – well, they took away a dream matchup for us out here in Los Angeles to see who could have right. the better bragging rights from the L.A. Clippers or the, the Los Angeles Lakers. And, obviously, the Lakers have the bragging rights, and they're facing the Nuggets with Jokic, a great player, and Murray, two two very good teams. Um, up-and-coming team, I would say so. But, uh, again – the series at hand, Lakers up 3-1, and this is going to be a smash ball game the next game, and it's going to be over with, and it's just like I thought it was going to be, and the Lakers are going to um, – as the great Jack Nicholson once said, one of our favorite celebrity fans, the Lakers are going to – uh uh, tiptoe through the tulips on the way to a championship. So that's how I see this going. They again. should they
1: should fly Nicholson into the uh, bubble and have him there for the finals. Like the only person in the arena for the finals will be Jack Nicholson just <laughs> at the front court. <laughs> Courtside, <laughs>
0: That would be fantastic. But we know that that's not going to happen, so we just have to live with some of his famous words and some of his antics because he did moon the Boston crowd at Boston Garden. I think it was in '85. Uh, it was way up top. So,
1: oh, the best. Anyway. So let me ask you something. Going into the playoffs, you were concerned, concerned about the Lakers' defense. That was your big concern going into the playoffs. So why? And let's let's just stick particularly to this series. I mean, Jamal Murray's gone off in this series. He's been amazing. Jokic at times. But why do you think, I mean, has it just been the explosiveness of, of LeBron and Anthony Davis? I mean, why do you think their their defense hasn't been as much of a factor in the Western Conference Finals so far?
0: Well, first of all, you got to look at the beginning of the bubble, once they started playing. And, Ari, something has changed that hasn't changed in about maybe 15 or 20 years. The NBA is following suit with college basketball and mm. implementing the zone defenses again. And I think that has been paid big dividends for most teams. If you look at the last- Was the
1: zone- I remember the zone has been illegal at parts. Was the zone illegal for when you were- when you played?
0: Well, it remember. wasn't illegal, but you couldn't do the standard, uh, motion of a zone. Like that guy in the middle, one guy on the wing, one guy on the wing, and a 2-3, then you're two people. So because- illegal
1: defense came around officially in like the 90s, and then they went away with it. Illegal defense was basically a zone, right? And- But yeah, they didn't have- But you guys killed-
0: that's what killed the zone because you couldn't do the zone movement because you couldn't have that one guy just planted in the paint. So that kind of took it away. But if you look now, teams are utilizing the zone. In a, 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 most of the time, your typical zone defense is a 2-3, two, two guys up top, right. three on the baseline. But what the NBA has done, because they're going along with the guidelines of the illegal three seconds defensively, they're going to a 3-2. They got those three guys up above the free throw line where you can stay wherever you want, but just stay near somebody because you're legal. And the two guys down at the bottom, all you do is stay on the block and just take people as you're cutting through.
1: So, I mean, defensively, again, let's get back to what, what they've been doing in this series in particular, you think.
0: The zone. That's what they've yeah. been doing. If you yeah, look at the, the Lakers, it's a match zone.
1: Just funneling think, everything in Anthony Davis.
0: They're just not necessarily funneling because Anthony Davis is up top of the three. But what they're doing is they're taking away what does Denver like to do well, that pick and roll with Murray and Joker, and that's how they've been killing people. They hurt Utah. They hurt the Clippers. So uh, I think the Lakers have done a good job in that, and especially in last night's game, down the crunch time with two minutes left, and I think the Lakers were up by six. I thought it yep. was one of the best things Coach Vogel did. He took LeBron off of these other weak guys and put him on Murray, and LeBron shut him down because as Murray went to the basket for them two big drives, he, referees are not going to call a foul on two in, in a sense, superstars. And I think Murray eventually will be there one day. He's showing that he is a key figure in, in the NBA as far as scoring. Totally. So they went to the basket, uh, LeBron just jumped up in the air and got two turnovers out of that play. So I thought it was great going back to your band to man putting LeBron on Murray, having Davis on there. So if you switch, you still got hype on their two best scores.
1: That's the – I mean, that's the value of having a guy that's still at, you know, 35 years old is the best defensive player in the league when he wants to be, right? In the yeah. closing minutes – of a really important playoff series, you can just be like, yeah, LeBron, just take him away. Take this great score away. And that's exactly what he did down the stretch. You know, you don't want it. it goes back to the idea of, you know, you were a good offensive piece, but you had to expend all of your energy on defense. You can't – it's so difficult to have full energy offense, full energy defense, especially over the course of the season, all those games, 82 games, in the regular season, obviously, normally, and then the playoffs. So it's like – you can't have LeBron doing that all the time. People are like, "Is LeBron still the best defensive point in the league?" Yeah, he still is when he wants to be. You know, like when when he's asked to be, and that's in these games. That you know, that when you're this close to the finish line, it's like LeBron expend all the energy you can on defense, and good luck. No,
0: it was y- winning time. That's what yep. coaches call winning yep. time, and uh, yep. you know, it's a strategic move which I think Coach Vogel used to his perfection, and hadn't done it in any other game this series. The uh, other thing I think about LeBron. In game two of this series, uh, actually it was in game one and two, his shot-blocking ability. And, again, he had made some big block shots in a couple of those games, man, back down the stretch that really not necessarily – well, it did. It shut down the basket. And when you got a player like LeBron's caliber, who is not the tallest player out on the court, but probably the one with the most basketball IQ and knowledge, especially for the Lakers, I think proved big dividends. So defense has to be a key. No, you don't always have to be a great defensive team, and I don't think through the 80s we were a great defensive team. What we did is we came up with great defensive moments. We'll shut you down for two or three minutes, and I think that's what the Lakers have done, and that's why they proved very, very effective against this Nugget team. There are point in times that I have a tendency to say, okay, you got to pick one or two things you want to take away from this team. And again, I said that in the Houston series and you know, Lakers didn't take my advice is a good thing, probably because that's the one, but I thought they'd take away Houston's three point shooting. But what the Lakers did is they shot, uh, what well, I think they shot like 47, 48% from the three points. So they matched Houston's three point shooting because obviously yeah. Houston wasn't <laughs> hitting. So, uh, tonight. He- I guess it's Denver, another team who shoots threes extremely well. I thought they did a good job. of, And if you look how Denver get their three-point shots, is out of pick and rolls, dribble handoffs, and drive and kick. And if you can take two of those three situations away, you'll have a better chance of winning. I thought that's what the Lakers did.
1: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a dumb question, and it's a dumb question because I'm asking it to you. You scared of Miami? I mean, Boston is down big in this series too. Miami, the surprise team. It looks like they're. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make it one win away. Both are one win away. So I'm gonna ask you a dumb question. You scared of Miami
0: at all? I am scared of Miami only in the sense. Wow. Only in the sense.
1: First time you've been scared of an opponent for the Lakers the entire playoffs.
0: First time, first time. But I, I have. And I'm only fearful of uh, the first game. Because the one thing the Lakers have done is Portland beat them the first game. Houston won a game. The Lakers have made some great adjustments. I think
1: Houston won game one, too. I think you're right. I think they both won game one.
0: The Lakers have made some great adjustments after that loss. But this team scared me in the sense of two things. One... They're just playing basketball because they didn't expect to be in this situation. Had this been the regular, typical playoff format where you got two at home, two away, I don't think Houston would be there. I mean, uh, um, Miami would be there.
1: Interesting. Because
0: they don't have to move and go anywhere and they're in the bubble and they stay there. If you look at Miami, Miami is truly playing like a college team. They're together. They're enjoying it. Who's this kid, Hero, who comes in, like, 35 points? Yeah, I mean, he would definitely be He's another hero. one of these great
1: players from Kentucky. Dude, Jamal Murray. Hero.
0: I was playing against him because you don't let this kid just get shot. But, again.
1: Jamal Murray, Hero, and Anthony Davis, all Kentucky John Calipari guys.
0: Oh, but something might be said about that. But, anyway, uh, I think the reason that that's what scares me is they're just having fun and they're playing good basketball. Yeah. the so second and most important thing which I always allude to because teams win championship. they're playing as a team and they're playing hard as a team. Those two things can get you very, very far and it show you already why Miami has a chance to make it to the finals when nobody at the beginning of this season would never have thought, okay, I'm going to take the Miami Heat to make it to the championship game. And that's all the right. reason. Plus, they got Pat Riley. Pat Riley knows how to get teams motivated. Yes, Coach Spokesman. How do you know?
1: How, you, the, you, ever, you ever you know Pat Riley at all?
0: Uh, you know, I got a little, 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 uh, uh,
1: what do they call it, legacy, <laughs> the you legacy.
0: He, and you and, and they put the camera on him a lot in the bubble. And you can see that focusness that he has if he was standing down there on the court that Coach Spokes would have. And I think those are two reasons why you have to give that team a lot of respect and you got to play hard against them.
1: 30 years later, Coop, he's still doing it. 30 years later. It's a different role, but, I mean, that's impressive, right? It's not a coincidence that Miami has done what they've done as an organization since Pat Riley got there, right?
0: You know what? And Pat Riley, once he left the Los Angeles Lakers. Hi, this is Michael Cooper. Remember, Masterclass is an app accessible on your phone, web, or Apple TV that offers classes on a wide variety of topics, whether you're interested in sports, Music, game design, or cooking, there's a masterclass for you. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as a Showtime with Coop listener, you get 15% off the annual all access pass. Go to masterclass.com slash Showtime. That's masterclass.com slash Showtime for 15% off of masterclass. Remember, anything you want to cover gets you the job done.
1: So are you listening to jazz now? I mean, are you are you learning jazz? Is that what you're uh, you're taking the jazz master class? Uh huh. Which one?
0: Uh, Herbie Hancock.
1: Herbie Hancock.
0: And I already knew about Herbie. I'm not trying to play, but I'm just trying to get a better ear. He gives me a better ear of what to listen to. Uh, it's actually fantastic. But the one that I'm really really impressed by is that Steph Curry ball handling. Uh, I'm gonna get more into the other people that are in there because it's the ones that I see that are very exciting.
1: Like but Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving ball handling Kyrie Irving ball handling would be a good one because that's I mean that's yeah, what he, yeah, he does the best. Be.
0: He's a little bit too flashy. At least Steph keeps it real fundamental. Kyrie wants to show you all that other stuff, and I'm trying to break my son from that because that doesn't work until you get to the league. So I'm trying to keep keep his masterclass real basic with Steph Curry. <laughs> and as a Showtime with Coop listener, you get fifteen percent off the annual all access pass. Go to masterclass.com slash showtime. That's masterclass.com slash showtime for 15% off masterclass. Masterclass. Get it, got it, good. You know what? And Pat Riley, once he left the Los Angeles Lakers, wherever he was going to land, and Miami is a great place for him because it lets his hair do flow through and all of that. Right.
1: Like LA is for when you're younger. Miami's for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: looks good with that gray hair though. I got to give him that. He still has more hair than both of us put together, all right? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but when you see him sitting up there and knowing, knowing that he was going to take the things that he learned from the Lakers, I'm pretty sure being around Jerry West in the general manager position, understanding totally. the dynamics and how that works, and then moving that to the court, he has taken over the role, and he has put in Miami in a great position. To Can they continue this in the future? I do believe they can. It's going to take player personnel moves, and I love that kid, Bam, out of Bayou. I yeah. like him. Uh, oh, yeah. I think what they do, uh, they, they, they play hard and they come at you in waves. That's the one thing about it. And I think the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, getting him was very big for that organization.
1: Well, and, and look, I know, you know, you mentioned at the top talking about the idea of what makes organizations good, you know, because we can talk about individual talent and obviously individual talent is a huge piece to this. But I mean, Miami, since Pat Riley got there, right? I mean, Pat Riley, was part of the Dwayne Wade Shaq championship in, in Miami. He was obviously part of that, um, you know, the, the big three in Miami. So that's, you know, you have, you build a team one way, you win a championship and then you still have one piece that's similar, but you get the big three, you get Chris Bosch and LeBron James. You win another championship. So we open up another window and then they lose everybody. And so it's like, okay, they're going to be like every other organization, like the Bulls that stay down for three decades after Jordan retires. And, and what do they do? They draft. So up, well. Tyler Hero, uh, Bam. These are all guys that they've drafted or, or, or acquired at young, you know, at a young age. And and the most important thing is the idea of longevity with a coach. You know, Spolstra's taken his lumps. I mean, he was, he, you know, he was definitely being led more by LeBron when he was a coach, but he was kind of learning his way. And now he's the experienced guy with the younger team that's grown with him. Like these things are just not coincidence in terms of success for an organization, right?
0: And who's pulling all the strings behind the format is Pat Riley. And I really do believe that. But, again, what does make great organizations win? And I'm glad you brought that up already because for me, and, again, and we won't get in specific names with ownerships or anything like that, but what I want to talk about is I think greatness starts from the top. And uh, that was something Jerry West, when I became his assistant or special assistant, and I didn't go get coffee for him in the newspaper. I actually did have a job. I
1: was <laughs> – at first, you were grabbing coffee. At first, you were grabbing coffee, and then you proved okay, your worth.
0: He liked his coffee dark with just a little bit of sugar. And uh, he but then, but
1: the... then you proved your worth, Jerry.
0: I did. <laughs> but you know, one thing that Dr. Buss always did is that he hired people to do their job and stayed out of the way and did his job. And I think uh, starting a good organization goes all the way back to the Celtics with Red Arbat. You do, you know, you you hire people to do what they're supposed to do, and uh, Ownership is great from that filters down to a great general manager who knows what he's doing, who has a, a, a sense of fairness through the organization because the general manager creates the atmosphere that goes on there. Okay. And then you may have your president or this or that, but it all ends up with sense of fairness. Okay. I think once you get all that established, as far as your PR department, the media, different branches of the administration.
1: And they all touch each other too. I think people don't realize that like, your organization, so it starts at the top as you mentioned, and then and then you delegate with a, a clear and delineated hierarchy. But like the 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 media and like the PR, like how the organization is positioned and how they want to be perceived by the media is all set by ownership. You know, when I covered the Spurs in San Antonio, it was like the media was completely shut off because the PR department. You know, would not allow much access at all, and that's that's not the PR department's decision. That is from the wishes of the organization. That's what Pop, who's the president of basketball operations, wants. He doesn't want the the, the PR department to give them access. So I think like that's one of the things that's overlooked is they all are interconnected. You know, based on you know what the, they want at the top, and then it's all delegated down in those positions. And even not even just from a you know president of basketball operations, GM, um, um, you know, coach. Player standpoint, but as you mentioned, PR and media access and all the other tentacles of the organization too. let
0: see, Ari, that's where it was different with us. Dr. Buss wanted the media to right. get to us. Right. Totally. PR. No, seriously, because... No, no, no for,
1: no, for sure he did, right, right. Yeah. All the showtime. That's the showtime. you
0: promote the team much right. better is by getting the word out by, at the time, was the Star News, the LA Times, the Orange County Register, passing the star. So you had different branches and that was a way. PR is another as, uh, avenue to get the, us out in the community. Through PR, it was important, for and, and Dr. Bus really, really stressed this, as well as Jerry West, as you said, all filtered down, that players had to go out and make five to ten appearances. Through the whole season, that's, you know, during the season, it's difficult to do, but you get some of the players that aren't playing a lot. But during the off season, some of your star players, you got to go out and speak to kids, the YMCA, the Boys Club, uh, certain foundations that are out there in our community. So like you said, they are interconnected, and they have to be connected to the team because eventually you want butts in them seats, and that's what the bottom of (laughs) Dr. Bus was. We want people in the stands watching the games, and, and we want them to identify with players, So as we mm-hmm. talk about this, it goes from the top to the bottom, communication within the program, within the organization. I think it's very important because, again, mm-hmm. the PR could just come down and grab us. Hey, Coop, come on. No, you have to let everybody, every, hey, Jerry, listen, I want to get use Coop to do this. I want to use Magic to do this. Certain players get certain things according to what you were trying to get accomplished, and that's dollars that are coming in for sponsorship uh, and things like that.
1: Yeah, no, I. that shows kind of the interconnectivity of the organization. What are some of the other things that you noticed, you know, about the Lakers in terms of, and, and, and not just the Lakers because I've seen it too in, in really functional organizations, especially in the NBA, you know, what are some of the other things you've noticed?
0: I, I'm not a better. Are you a better, Ari? I'm not a uh, better I'm bad. I've Sometimes. I've never really been a gambler. A little yeah?
1: bit, sometimes, yeah.
0: I don't know, but you know what? Visit betonline.ag to check out all the odds, up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses for you. online your online wagering experts.
1: I'll bet with your money, Coop. What? I'll bet with your I'll – I'll do some sports gambling with your money.
0: No, 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 no. I, that's what <laughs> I do. When I, when I used to go up to Vegas and we played blackjack, I mean uh, uh, craps, and I would take like $500, $300, and I was actually pretty good at that. Once I won, I put my money in my pocket, and then I played with their money. And once, if I lost for some reason, okay, I'm going to so <laughs> my have so That's how I am. <laughs> the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be in a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and win totals to team players and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opener bonuses today and start off wagering on win totals, divisions, and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: You know, what are some of the other things you've noticed?
0: Uh, other thing is drafting. Drafting of players I think is big. Once you get all those other problems solved and you got everything going smoothly and the communications between the players and the front office with the, the the media and the PR, now it's actually moving closer to the floor. So
1: so okay, so it's funny because the idea in the NBA now is you gotta lure a big fish, right? You know, you gotta it's don't worry about the draft. You you know, you you have to Get a big time free agent to sign. And so it's like, you know, you had the the decision with LeBron, but there were all these other free agents that were taking meetings. They're putting together presentations. And the thing that's funny is it's like, no, it's pretty much stayed the way that it always has, which is you still have to draft and develop players and fit them to your program because while other teams are, you know, giving away players or, or not signing players, because they're they're trying to lure the big fish and free agency and clear up all this cap space, like the smart organizations are still investing a ton into the draft, the scouting, the drafting, the development, and and I just think that's funny how much it's it seems like it's changed to a lot of NBA fans, but it has it. It's still, the, I mean, again, look at Miami. This is an coincidence. These are players that have been drafted and brought into the system and developed. And I mean, it's still the San Antonio Spurs, even though they had great players. Same kind of thing. They you know, they drafted Parker, developed him, and Monty Ginobili. And and I mean, just look at the the best organizations, like with you guys in the '80s, and and on through. There was there is free agency. It's not it's not a completely, you know, devoid of it. But it is very much about drafting, and developing players,
0: and the right players. And again, as you go through your draft, yeah, uh, unless you're a losing team, is when you're gonna get those higher first round or. Or uh wishful picks that you want. But other than about that, I think that's where the, the grunt of the work is done with your assistant coaches, with your uh general manager, everybody's understanding what the makeup of our team is. You probably only will get three marquee players, uh, with the salary cap as big as it right. is, the movement in that area there. So it's gonna be important that you get that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth player. Mm-hmm. That player has to be drafted, okay? And you have movement, so but most of your movement is done against the bigger big-time fish, okay? James Harden, Russell Westbrook moving from OKC to Houston, uh, Kevin Durant moving from OKC and then going to the Golden State. Now he moves on. So you're going to get those three big fish. The key with winning a championship in an organization is who are you going to get to play with those big fish? Right. I think, again, Miami has done a great job with it. The Lakers have done a great job with it by attracting LeBron to come here. LeBron attracts AD to come here. Okay, you got two-thirds of your big fish team. Now what you got to do is find those other players. Kuzma, we find him. I think the reason why the Lakers are winning is because of some of those draft picks or those free agents or the the G League players that you find in KCP, Caruso. Uh, players of that caliber that can come in and fill in the holes because, again, you can't have a star team of five or seven great all-star players. You're not going to have that.
1: And and it's funny is I guess the the current Lakers are kind of go against the idea of the importance of the draft to a certain degree. But even look at, like, Golden State. I mean, Golden State obviously acquired Kevin Durant, but everybody else they drafted and brought up through their system. So And And who was behind
0: that, Ari? Who was behind that? Jerry West.
1: Yeah. Right. Jerry West was there, right. so he right.
0: understands the dynamics and the function of that. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no
1: you're to- but you're totally right. I, it, it's kind of, he's he's pretty good. He might know what he's doing, Jerry West. No, um, <laughs> like in a, a bunch of different places and a bunch of times over. It's crazy how much we're we're talking about the current league and how much the Showtime Lakers still influence the current league as we talk about it, right? Oh,
0: for mm-hmm. sure. Man, look, Jerry and,
1: West, Pat and Riley, still
0: because it's gone to small balls now. So it's almost like you got five guards out there. But you know what? When the Lakers win this championship. They're going to reconfigure back to the 80s, okay? You have to have you some big people on the team. You have to. And I think Denver Nuggets are actually feeling that right now. Right. Joker can be the only player. And when they have their most success is when they bring Plummer off the bench to play with Joker. Because the Lakers are killing people with Dwight, AD, and LeBron. Those are three legitimately big people out there on the floor. And that's why they dismantled Houston, who wants to go with this small ball crazy. And that, to me, is – you can do that in segments of the game, but you can't do that for a whole game because the NBA is too powerful.
1: And you just can't have James Harden as your best player because he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna go away in the biggest moments of the series at, at times. But and yeah,
0: weakest defensive player. But that's yeah. a whole other story. No, you're of, totally right. Okay,
1: so so we talked about hierarchy and and you know job uh, job descriptions and, and having it well defined, and then of course drafting. So what else goes into great organizations?
0: Player involvement. I think that's very, very important, okay? So now you come down to the team, and I think one thing Jerry West used to do with myself, Magic, and Kareem, and Worthy, when they were thinking about a certain player, and, you know, you, within the organization, everybody knows who the players they're looking at. They would bring in the players that this person may have to play with, and Kareem would always come in like, well, before we got James Worthy, hey, we're looking at good kid James Worthy. What do you guys think about him? And you make your comments and like that. And and is it set in stone that the players are picking the team? No, but we're an organization, so the organization is picking the best fit for the team. So when we get out there on the play, at least you'll have you'll you'll kind of know if the draft becomes available and that's the player that we get. Then you'll know what you're going to be going up against. So this. Make those meetings easy when they bring that person in that, and you get a chance to talk to them. You know, we got a chance to talk to Worthy when you sit down in the workouts that they have. You got a chance to talk to the kid to see what he's like. And sometimes, you know what, I'm not going to say the player, but we turn down one or two players. Yeah. We don't think he's a good fit, Jerry. That's not the type of guy. And, you know, but Jerry never brings us that one player. Jerry, has, Jerry had five or six kids that were in this little fold that he had, and he's going to find like, the best player to fit for the
1: team. You know, great leadership, like this is one of the, the the most important parts of being a great leader, is is truth to power, you know, is not thinking you know everything, is being like, let, let me ask, and, and in this case, I mean, you're talking about bringing, bringing somebody into the team environment. You'd be crazy not to get the okay, especially given the Showtime context of like Magic, Kareem, Coop. I mean, these are... Like you're not gonna bring the wrong, you can't bring the wrong guy into that environment. It's gonna it's gonna backfire. So you have to get buy in, and you want to get input. I mean, this is like again covering the Spurs. The Spurs used to like. There's examples of this where it goes bad. Where it's like, okay, you allow a player to make every decision within your organization. You don't want that, but you want player input. Like the Spurs would 100% go ask Tim Duncan about guys would 100% over the course of time go ask Tony Parker about guys or Manu Ginobili, Hey, we're thinking about signing this guy or trading for this guy or even drafting this guy and ask for input because players give a, have going to have a much bigger buy into the organization when they feel like they're being asked important decision making questions within the organization.
0: For sure. And that was very big. And uh, since we talk about the positive, uh organization. Talk about one negative organization, okay? okay? And I only use this organization because I have laid eyes and I've heard about the LA Clippers. You know, when Donald Sterling was on this team and all the bad moves they made and never asking the players anything. Players never wanted to be there. Going back to uh, the early days when they had Marcus Johnson, Bill Walton, uh, uh, Norm Nixon got traded there. You have players that didn't want to be there because the organization didn't include them into anything but was always asking them for something. Uh, some of the stories I heard are just atrocious. About the, uh, a player would come in and he played a game, and they would get them the next day to go out and speak at a community. You know, you don't do things like that, and that leaves a sour taste in players' mouth.
1: Well, and, and it's not a coincidence that they've never been to the NBA Finals, and no. I think they've never, also never been to the Conference Finals. They've Western
0: never Conference Finals, and now, but but this is the thing about it—a <laughs> great owner and uh, Mr. Bomber now, who's trying to make changes, who's doing the right things. And it was so unfortunate that that team couldn't live up to the standards of what they had established as being one of the best teams in the league, and you lose to the Denver Nuggets. But I think there are steps to making it to a certain position in the NBA, and the Clippers are on the right direction. They're heading in the right way.
1: Yeah, I I was definitely not unhappy to see the Clippers lose, because you know how much I love Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, he's a really good player, nonetheless. But, yeah, I mean, I think – but like the point here is, if you're not a well-run organization, it's nearly impossible to have success. It's yep. nearly impossible. Yep. Like it, you, it would have to be success by coincidence. And we see this all over sports. Like the Washington football team, the Washington Redskins, Washington football team.
0: Hey, you can't so, say that, man. That's not their teams anymore.
1: <laughs> Washington the football team. Like they're so poorly run. Dan Snyder's a horrible owner, and and so like it's not a coincidence that they have they haven't won much. I mean the. The Bulls, the Bulls haven't won anything since Michael Jordan retired because bad ownership and and really poor decision making down the line. It, it's, I think it's a fundamental piece to to being successful in sports. Like you can be successful, you're going to make money. The Bulls still make money, Clippers still make money. Yeah, but being successful on the floor, winning championships, that takes one. It, it takes what we're talking about here. No question about it.
0: For sure, and I think there's a pride factor in some of these owners because again, it's not about if you're going to put so much into a team, you want to reap the benefits at least once. Like the Toronto Raptors, you got you got it one time, okay. Now you may not happen again, but at least they understand what it takes to win a championship. And I'm rooting for the Clippers. I'm a closet Clipper fan, and I I because I, oh, you're for a,
1: you're an L.A. guy. You're an L.A. you're an L.A. guy. They've been so bad for so long. You know, I mean. They've never been to the conference finals. Think about that. Think about rooting for a team in the same city of one of the most iconic franchises in all of sports that's never been. What's your conference finals? It's
0: like. They've always been the bridesmaid. When are you going to be the bride?
1: <laughs> they're not even that. They're not even the bridesmaid. They're like, they're like just getting drunk at the party and passing out earlier, making a fool out of themselves. <laughs> hey, wake up. The party's over. Go home. <laughs> the wedding's over. What are you doing, Clippers? You're, you're still here.
0: So, last but not least, on our way to building a championship organization, you got to define and have a definitive style of play. How are you going to play? Again, that really determines on the players that you have, but I think today's game has really, really opened up the field to, are you going to play fast, slow, or are you going to be an opportunistic running team? And I think those are the only three things that goes right now. And I think that's, and, and listening to LeBron and, and hearing some of the things, that, and the great on one of the TNT things, uh, they're doing these commercial shots, and then you hear LeBron say, hey, we built differently. We're built differently. And people just hear him say that, but they don't understand what he's talking about. What LeBron is talking about is we built to do whatever our opponent wants to do. You want to run? We can get out and run with you, lower our team. You want to play big and slow? We'll put in all them bigs like they did against uh, the Denver team. You know, at one time you got Dwight Howard, you got LeBron, and you got JaVel McGee, and you got, you know, you go ADs out there. You want to run a little bit and go a little bit slow? Okay, we can do that too. Now we'll put Kuzma in. AD will be the biggest, and LeBron can be the point guard. So style of play is very important in today's game because you can't win with one style. You Chameleons. Can't. I think that's why Denver is having such a hard time with the Lakers.
1: Chameleons. You blend your surroundings. You you yeah. know you you become what your opponent is. And this is the example for Houston, right? I mean, Houston plays one style. One style so with it. if it doesn't work, like the Lakers beat Houston at their own style. So good luck, you know. And it's, you're right. It's the same thing with the the Nuggets. When you are in the grind of the NBA playoffs, you're gonna play different teams and play different styles of basketball. The teams that can play multiple styles can be chameleons. It's impossible to beat those teams. Unless sure. you're Golden State, where you can play your one style so much better than anybody else. So they can't, nobody else can force you to play another style.
0: True. And you gotta do it at both ends of the floor. If you yep. wanna run on offense, yep. but then you gotta take on what the other team's doing. And that's where uh, Golden State Warriors kinda broke the mold. Yep. Because even though they were a small team, They had the ability to guard some of the bigger teams in the league because Draymond Green just had that never-say-die attitude that he instigated a lot of things. And so with that, the final word to sum this all up and put a bow on it is you have to have trust. Everybody has to trust one another, starting from the top all the way to that – How many players on the NBA now? Back when we played, we only had 14 players. I see a lot of guys sitting over there. I
1: think 15 dress, like 15 dress. And they got about
0: 22 people sitting over there. (laughs) And I'm not talking sitting behind the coach. I'm talking about sitting on that other side over there where the players are. They got a lot of people on the team now. But anyway, all the way to that last guy with that mask on, you got to trust the process. You got to trust the coaches. You got to trust each other. And you got to trust that the organization is doing what's best for the organization.
1: And and know your role. You don't have to love your role, but you have to know what your role is and know the importance of your role to the team's overall success.
0: Boy, do I know that. I was a defensive player that evolved into a pretty good offensive player, so I knew my role. All right, so that's another episode of Showtime with Coop. Please, please, please stay on this podcast. Keep listening because we're going to continue to bring you some great, great... News updates, some more informative and insightful BS, because this is poop taking it to Yahoo.